Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Material, episode 133, and I am Andy Anatko, one of your hosts. And I'm Russell Ivanovich. And just to be clear, none of you picked up on the Easter egg we put in last week, which is that I think we called it episode 131. It was actually 132. We're really disappointed in every single one of you that, that nobody nobody noticed. Well, it's not that we're disappointed. It's just that, you know, no one wins the Buick Skylark. Uh, it's so a shame. It's we're, a very nice, very nice vehicle. It, it, it rolls over. So the next time we do one of these hidden contests, that will be 15 Buick Skylarks uh, that will be won by the lucky winner. We keep having these little contests. No one really detects that they're happening. But, hey, bigger jackpot for whoever it is who actually comes through with the right answer. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to have to tune in really carefully for this week's show and just, just see, is there any other Easter eggs that you could potentially be winning cars, airplanes, trips overseas? I mean, we, we don't spare any expense when it comes mm. to, um, you know, prizes. And, and this would have been a really big day to, good show to win for because uh, what I, th- I was wondering if 133 was a prime number. Uh, so I did Google it, and I find out that 133, the bad news is it's not a prime number, but it is a semi-prime uh, as the product of two prime numbers, 7 and 19. Uh, and because those two numbers are, in fact, Gaussian primes, that means that 133 is a Blum integer, a Blum integer. Uh, and again, if you look at the uh, the charter for our contest rules, that means that you would also have won the one over one over one over whirlpool washer dryer combination. So, again, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I don't know. I don't know when the next uh, show number is going to be a Blum integer. Once again, we will put that of those appliances uh, in the in the prize shed, uh, waiting for the next lucky winner. I wonder if I wonder if Mike knows that that he's actually bankrolling all these prizes that we're not giving away. I, I think you'd be okay with it. I mean, really, FM. It's, I think it's so too. Got, got a lot of shows these days. He must be worth a bit of money. He's the boss man. There you go. We we we, we all love we uh, you and I both received lovely lovely uh, Christmas gifts. So, so I, 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 it's, there's got to be money coming from somewhere. <laughs> well, one of us did, Andy. I didn't. I didn't receive yeah. the Christmas gift. I've, I've been left out of the uh, the real AFM family. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I live in Australia and things take six million years to to travel the ocean to get here. Well, it, it was an assortment of exotic figs. So perhaps customs <laughs> either was quarantining them to make sure that they weren't harboring any little critters that would not be eaten by uh, the indigenous critters or they just like figs oh look i'm, I'm just really looking forward to when uh, mike hurley has to go on national television and apologize to the people of australia for the things he tries to import i'm sure he'll be genuine it won't be pre-written <laughs> you know it'll, it'll all be from the heart um a few of you might be wondering you're like didn't there used to be three of you wasn't there someone called Flo on this show like it, have you just not allowed her to talk yet? What's going on? Flo is actually at CES, which is super exciting for Flo. Um, a bit of a letdown for our show, but we have been following her. So she's been on the show floor and visiting all sorts of crazy things that you get to see at um, CES. Some of the highlights that I saw on her Instagram is um, both her and a colleague managed to find some kind of weird vibrating thing that you stand on and it's just basically them recording a video and the entire video is just <laughs> shaking yep. up and down. They're like, uh, which I thought, I don't know what that thing does, but it, it looked amazing. It's it's hey it's got to be cutting edge if it's at CES, yeah she she's 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 the youngest of the three of us and so she's probably the only person with a constitution strong enough to handle CES. Although we'll we'll find out in a week's time. Uh, she did of course tell us beforehand that she would not be available today because of CES. And I don't know about you, Russell, but I was making a mental note that and if she's out next week because of the horrible <laughs> cold and flu she caught by interacting with 100,000 people at, in Las Vegas, we'll, ha- we'll have a third person standing by that we can fill in just for that week and make, sign the get well card. I tell you what, it's, it's really counterintuitive, isn't it? You go to a place full of people. And you think, oh, if I'm surrounded by people, that's that's good, right? But then you just end up catching everybody else's diseases. And then you come back home and you, you just sit in bed for like a week or whatever. So we, we miss you, Flo. I, I don't think either yep. of us wish we were at CS. I, maybe a small part of me does, but I'm kind of glad that I'm not surrounded by, you know, thousands of people and being like trying to get from booth to booth and visit all these things. And obviously she has a job to do there as well. So she's probably reporting on a ton of stuff. So we wish you all the best, Flo. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, words, there was a, my transition out of CES was there's two absurdly huge uh, tech shows, CES in January, and then the mobile electronic show uh, in uh, 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 in uh, in Barcelona, and I think I did both of them one year, and then I only did 
uh, Mobile World Congress. And then I realized that uh, as good as the ham is in Barcelona, <laughs> like unless I'm being paid a lot of money specifically, like unless someone is saying, oh, by the way, we lined up a speaking gig for you. So not only are your travel expenses covered, but you will be that your reason for going is that you will make a lot of money speaking. It's like, I, that's, that's what it's going to take that, that I, I want. And I, those of you who have experienced like the ham in Barcelona understand that that's that, that alone should bring you out to Barcelona. That I'm not exaggerating how good the ham is there, and it's everywhere. But that's how bad that's how bad these huge tech shows are. If you're above the age of flow plus five years, let's say. Nice, nice. I'm starting to salivate. It's actually lunchtime here when we record this. It's it's late at night for Andy, but you've you've made me really hungry, Andy. I have um. I have a quick thing I want to bring up on the show. So for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm obviously a developer. I work on you know things like Pocket Cast. I mainly work on the iOS version of all things, which I know sounds odd. I'm on a Google podcast. But for the last few years, I've used almost exclusively you know Google phones as like my primary phone. I've always carried an iPhone because that's my job, but it kind of sits in the bag and has its own SIM card and I pull it out to sort of you know stay current with the platform and develop for it and test and stuff. Ever since the iPhone X has come out, though, that's that's been my main phone. I've got an Apple Watch on my wrist. I've been carrying the iPhone X around. I feel like I've gotten to that point, though, where I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to go back to an Android phone. Like I've I've fixed all our apps for the iPhone X. They all work, I think, fairly well on there. We've got some other enhancements sort of coming, but it's it's all kind of stable. And I feel like I've I've got the idea of how that platform works now, and I'm. I'm ready to go back. There's just been a few things that have been niggling me. Things like notifications, the way, even small things like I want to put an app icon down the bottom of my home screen. I can't on iOS. You have to stack a whole bunch of other icons at the top to push. It. I'm just like, really, we have to go through this. But even like I can't get a calendar widget. There's just a tiny, a thousand little paper cuts that just annoy me. Like about iOS, it's not, it's not a bad operating system, but it's just not for me. And I'm. Trying to figure out, Andy, if I was to go back to the world of Android today, like which we have a cupboard full of phones, like which phone am I meant to pick? Like I don't quite know which one to go back to. It's it's hard for me to recommend anything other than the Google Pixel. Uh, I've had, as as you all know, I got a my I got a, a my daily driver phone became a Pixel over the summer version one because I got one a, a refurb at a really good deal that has so driven up my estimation of the Pixel that the next I next time maybe next year I will actually pay full price for whatever the new phone is because my experience with it has been so positive uh, it's not quite I, I will say it's not quite as pretty as uh, as the iPhones are in 2017 2018 and I don't mean that as a disparaging comment about Apple they they are legitimately beautiful devices and when you're spending 6 7 8 900 1000 you really like it to be a beautiful object uh, but that's okay because I put it in a I put it in a spec case to begin with, so you only enjoy that while it's out of the box and while you're waiting for that shipment of the new spec case to go. But in terms of how fast it works, in terms of how um, most of the things that I routinely envy about the iPhone, namely really fast app updates and uh, specialized software that is tuned specifically to the hardware as opposed to trying to make sure it will cover every eventuality of CPU and RAM and camera, uh, and also the camera. Now, I, I, would, I wouldn't say that the camera experience is uh, as tight and as uh, integrated as it is on the iPhone, but my goodness, I've got no complaints whatsoever about the shots I get. I was... I was uh, uh, taking a taking a walk uh, in Boston after uh, doing a thing with NPR, and f- it's just cold enough that you will take a long walk and enjoy it. Uh, warm enough that you would enjoy a walk. Cold enough that after a mile into your walk, when you encounter the first ramen rest- ramen restaurant like on Beacon Street, you're going to go in and get some ramen. And the sun was like it was the sun was streaming in through the front windows and just bl- it's really nice like different patterns of light took a picture with the the HDR plus mode and it's really one of the one of the most beautiful photos i've ever taken with this phone it's it's also a photo that i know that the iphone could not have handled because it's it's HDR mode is very good but HDR plus is on a whole other level so i I'm, I'm not saying that uh, i'm not telling anybody out there to definitely don't buy a samsung phone oh don't buy a motorola phone oh don't buy an lg I would say that your default choice to anybody who asks me what uh, what Android phone to pick is start off with the Pixel and come up with a reason, if any, why you don't want to buy a Pixel phone. And otherwise, it's it's one of the happiest experiences I've had uh, with a phone. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that advice does make a lot of sense because I am sometimes wowed by the, the flashiness of, you know, Samsung phones and some of the other sort of LG ones out there. But it, I think you're right. There is something about the, the core Pixel experience that's just, it's a step above, like having the, the stock Android thing on there, having like a really nice camera that takes amazing photos. And I agree with you. Like in a lot of cases, it takes better photos than my iPhone does. Like not that the iPhone camera is a slouch, but the, the HDR mode, especially on the Pixels, is is amazing. Actually, this reminds me, Andy. I was um I was interviewed for a local radio station here um, earlier this week, and uh, I was talking to the presenter like after the the show, and it turns out he's a he's a massive Andy Anarko fan. He's been following you for years. He <laughs> he he says hello by the way. But the interesting part is he's used iPhones ever since the original iPhone came out. You know, he he talks about it as you know Steve Jobs announced the iPhone. He went and bought one. And he's had one ever since. But Literally, Andy, about three days ago, he bought an Android phone just based on on your recommendation. So he, when I talked to him, he hadn't a chance hadn't had had a chance to play with it yet. But he was really excited about exploring the world of Android. So I think that's kind of cool. You've convinced someone to to try something different. Well, I, I'm I'm glad that uh, anytime, even even if it was like someone who's been using Android for five years because they hate the iPhone, and I convinced somebody to take another look at the iPhone because a lot has changed in the past five years, that would make me happy too. Uh, it's I, I'm always happy when somebody starts to really ask questions about why they use the technology that they use. And if you look at other things that are out there, it you might find something that's actually better. Uh, and even if you do come back to the thing that you originally started with, it will help you to appreciate all the reasons why this iPhone or this Android phone is exactly why uh, has been making you so happy for the past three or four years. But yes, yeah, say, say hello back to them. It's uh, <laughs> I'm always I'm always surprised and flattered that someone like reads me for more than three months before thinking, oh God, I've seen everything thing he's ever going to do i've read every, every damn joke he's ever got god dang well, it he, he's a listener to this show as well so hello if you're listening oh lovely thank you <laughs> now uh i now for, for all the good stuff we've been talking about uh <laughs> about about google and we're, and we're also gonna be talking a lot more about the google assistant later on because uh, that was a lot of what they're talking they're uh, they're dealing with at google at uh, ces I've got a bone to pick. I, I did file a, a bug report or 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 a help or a, you know feedback sort of thing about this. Now this is I, I'm going. I've got my I've got my uh, Google Home device uh, right next to the microphone right now, and I'm going to ask it to play a very popular album. And I, I want you to find. I want you to listen to see what happens. Okay. Now, uh, Jim, I'm going to make sure there's an edit point because I'm going to have to trigger this device. So. Bleep it out or edit it out so we don't trigger everybody's Google Home. Okay, so here we go. Hey, go <coughs> play the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. All right, here's the album "The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars" on Google Play Music, and it plays. Something's up yet. Wait a minute. Yeah, see, that is, <laughs> this not, is not David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, see, this is, and it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter like how I phrase this or how I try to do it. I always get an album. I had, I actually, and I, I was able, oh, wait, actually, let's, let's have a, our little friend explain. Uh, hey, <laughs> what song is playing? You're listening to Five Years by Capsula. What? Because the thing is, it actually seemed to recognize it, it repeated back exactly what you said. It's like, I'm going to play this album by this person. And then yeah. it just played something completely different. Well, here, so here's, the, here's the thing. So it is a band called Capsula, C-A-P-S-U-L-A. The name of the album is Dreaming of Ziggy Stardust. And here's the here's the kicker. Now I would think, oh well, that what a weird like mistake for the assistant to make. But here's the interesting thing: every single track is the has an, has a title that's identical to the corresponding track in the Ziggy Stardust album. And so I'm trying. And this this album came out like three or four years ago, I think 2012. Yeah, 2012. And I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out, is this just some super clever thing that some bands are doing to, if we can trick these voice assistants into playing our album instead of a popular album, we will get credit for that play. I can't believe that anybody five is that... Five years ago? Was there any voice assistants five years ago? I'm trying to remember. Like That's that's what I was thinking about. Number, number one, why would... Uh, 
I actually I don't know what the band Capsula is. Maybe they're just huge and like Czechoslovakia or something. I don't know, but I, I bet that it would be possible for us to like reach out and contact one of these band members to ask them. Now, when you decided to create an album with the name Ziggy Stardust in the title, with every single song having the exact same title in sequence as this famous album, were you in fact trying to? Was this a brilliant scam? Because if it's a brilliant scam, I will give you credit for doing something brilliant and unexpected, and I hope you're making lots of money for this. Or was this your own odd? sort of tribute to david bowie because <laughs> uh, i mean if they, even if they did this in the in the era before voice assistance i mean there was still itunes there were still other music services they were potentially if if they were trying to get to the top of some of those and be accidentally discovered that's that's genius mm. or or itunes match where yes. it will find ziggy start and then it will basically populate your 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 uh, icloud uh itunes playlists with these tracks i would i, I did uh, i haven't gone to the point of uh, working my contacts within Google to find to see if I can get some insight and or action about this. I wanted to see what would happen if I. You can, one of the things I love about Google software is that uh, with Apple, it is possible to file a radar, no matter who you are, that explains, "Hey, I've encountered this bug. What's the deal?" Uh, it's really, really hard to find. Whereas with Google software, you go into wherever the help is, and there's also a feedback, including like live chat. But I really, I, I, I will keep everybody posted on this because I intend to get an answer to this. Uh, it's it's okay that I'm listening to uh, David Bowie's Hunky Dory uh, or Aladdin Sane instead of Ziggy Stardust. I have not found a way outside of like opening it directly in in, in Google Music and then casting it to the speaker to play Ziggy St- Fires and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the, and the Spiders from Mars. It's just it's just annoying me. And and I and I do have it in my personal music library. I can just play it directly from my own server. It's just a puzzle, and I want to solve it. Uh, I've, I've figured out half this puzzle, Andy. I'm really curious, actually, to the Google side of things, like why it chose that song, why it played that song. I have no idea. If anyone inside Google is listening and can answer that question, we would love for you to write in. But I've done a quick bit of research while you're talking into the band Capture. They're actually from um, Buenos Aires in, in Argentina, and their name is the Spanish word for capsule and derives from the David Bowie song Space Oddity. So it seems like their entire band... Um, from what I can read, was created as a bit of an homage to, you know, okay. David David Bowie. So that's that's kind of interesting. But still, you know, the Argentines, they are very, very clever people. <laughs> I, I've always known that they're, they're known for, for quality beef, good, like, English football, and being very, very clever people in general. So. And they played at South by Southwest in 2009. So there you go. They were chosen as one of the best surprises of the festival, apparently. Maybe, okay, now, now now you've actually got me interested, and in, I have not made it past like the second track of this album. Now I'm actually thinking I'm going to have to like listen to the whole thing. It was see the the, the thing is like I've only re- only within the past year have I ripped my entire life. I re-ripped all my CDs so I get the entire album and not just like the two or three I might have been interested in in like 2002, like when I first bought the CD or whatever. And so it took me like, oh, is this is this like a I know it's it's a concept album, so maybe like the first track, it's like one of the band members is the lead singer, but that's before Ziggy Stardust like becomes the lead singer. Is that is that what I'm listening to right now? It took me a couple of tracks to realize that no, this definitely is not. So it's I have to read you one last thing from their Wikipedia page, Andy. There's a, there's a paragraph in here that says, described as live animals on stage by the press, their mix of raw noise <laughs> with sonic sounds results in an exciting live act. I wonder if one of them actually wrote this description. It sounds a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> like, like when you hit a Wikipedia page and you're suddenly thinking that this was definitely this minor actor known far and wide for for her simmering sensuality as well as her intense preparation as an actress beloved by everybody young and old yes it it does feel a little bit that way if there are any fans of this band we'd love to hear from you because it's we need this mystery solved if they're and if they're touring anywhere in australia or new england uh, (laughs) uh, let's uh, we 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 promise you you will sell at least one ticket we will definitely go into we'll definitely attend one of your concerts um but speaking of cultural things, though, um, I uh, have you ever heard of the Google Arts and Culture app? I have because I have a feeling I've played with this on Daydream. I think it was one of the first things that launched as part of Daydream. Am I, am I remembering this correctly? 
Yeah, I, I didn't try it on Daydream, but, but I think I had the same experience as you where it was one of those apps that I had kind of heard of. And when I first heard of it, I downloaded it and it's like, oh, isn't that lovely? An, internet, an app that gives you like an international tour of museums and artists. And then I just sort of like forgot about it. And then the next time I bought a new phone, I just didn't transfer that app over. Uh, but uh, I found out that uh, after a, a Google blog article about cool things that they added to different apps in 2017, uh, there has this really cool feature where uh, it, you you just take a selfie and then it will search through portrait galleries internationally far and wide for portraits that look like your selfie. And of course, it, of Ooh, course, wow. it has to has to contain the the phrase machine learning because it has to, it uses machine <laughs> learning to figure that out. But it's not that bad. It'll it, it'll give you like a series of matches by percentage. My I, I didn't even try to pose like a like a like a 200 year old portrait i'm like looking dead into the camera it was during the blizzard so like i hadn't showered that morning and i'm just sort of like there's no lighting whatever but they had a 52 percent match to uh, a portrait of stanislaw august ponachowski Ponte, Ponte, the last king of poland painted by marcello bacciarelli uh, which is in the collection of the dulwich picture gallery uh, in dulwich uh, south uh, south london and it's not that bad. And given that this is a my my picture was this really desaturated head on like grainy picture, and it matched this picture of this dude who was like sort of the, the classic like three quarter pose. It's in color. He's got a wacky wig on. Like that's and it's not a dead ringer, but yeah, that's very. It's even though it just said fifty two percent, that's pretty darn close. The rest of them are also pretty darn close. That's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this as um, you posted this to your Instagram, Andy, that there is a striking resemblance. Like they, you don't look like twins, but you definitely look like you, you know, you could be brothers or, or something like that. And the the next guy that it matched, I can't actually, I've only got a screenshot of it, so I can't actually see his picture as well. But that there's definitely some Andy and Utko in there. That, that machine learning, it's good for something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, we were talking beforehand. Like I've uh, both of us have have uh, recently moved. Uh, I'm in you're in your office, but I'm in like my new studio where I've kind of partially. I'm, I won't have everything set up for another couple of weeks, but right now I've got one of my like video lights up, uh, and just like one of my hue lights in the background is throwing red in the background. And if I kind of turn this way, I kind of get that sort of dramatic portrait <laughs> lighting. So I think that. <laughs> you do. I, so that so now I think that the next thing after the show, I'm going to have to like try to see if I actually look at try to light myself like a portrait. And again, not look directly into the camera. I wonder if it will give me even better matches than that. <laughs> this is something you could spend an entire day doing, I think. Just keep reposing <laughs> yourself here until you get the best possible match again. <laughs> and because I have deadlines coming up, I probably will spend all night doing that instead of actually working on my deadlines. <laughs> I've actually already made a note to install this app immediately after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we will get onto a whole bunch of CES news because obviously Google is everywhere at CES, um, unusually so, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, I have our first sponsor, all right here, ready to go. Um, and this week it is Squarespace. So this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code Material at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. You'll get a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and much, much more. Uh, maybe you want to create an online store, you want a portfolio, you want a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. Uh, there's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. Uh, you really don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace covers it all. Um, they have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And like I said, all that comes with their award-winning templates that are beautifully designed for you to show off your great idea. So if this sounds interesting to you, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start your trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you do decide to sign up, you can use the offer code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. So we want to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, like you like you said, Google and Apple and Facebook and the other Microsoft and the other players. These companies years ago they used to like have keynote presentations at CES. Years ago, though, they switched over to eh, we've got enough money, we can rent our own hall and we can do things on our own time and not be part of that fire hose of news from CES. Uh, so it's unusual that Google had so much going on at CES this year. But uh, clearly, they had some. They they had a goal in mind because everything they were talking about was about the Google Assistant. 
they uh, I think that they kind of felt the the burn last year because so much news from CES last year was about uh, the Amazon uh, Amazon Alexa and all of the stuff that was coming out that was compatible with Alexa and all the different uh, home stuff uh, that was compatible. So it's it's a lot. It's interesting to see a big company. You 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 can poke and poke and poke a big company but only till you find that sensitive spot will they react and clearly they've reacted uh so a, a lot of cool stuff uh even if you're not uh, at ces they uh introduced something that i think has been uh, we've been starving for for a long time with all of these assistants they as something as simple as creating a brand new online directory of everything that the google assistant can do uh it's so hard for to figure out exactly what uh, with the what uh, Siri and what uh, Alexa and what the assistant can do, because there's there are no menus to like sort of poke around in, there are no buttons and in, in windows to like hover over to get tooltips for. It's only until you hear somebody ask, "What's the, you know, what is is 133 a prime number?" that you realize that it can do these things. But if you go to assistant.google.com/explore, and that link of course will be in the show notes, just page after page after page organized by category of here things you can have the assistant do including uh skills that uh, have been provided by third parties and so much of the stuff i had no idea was possible uh, and you just you just want to sort of like spend the day driving yourself horse uh, <laughs> asking it questions that you have no interest in the answer to only because you didn't know that it was so such a geography whiz that didn't didn't know that it had a metronome didn't know that uh, that it, it had like like massage sounds didn't know that it could it's all this really cool stuff oh there is a there is a ton of really cool stuff and and i agree with you like one of the the downsides of having something without a screen is yeah it'll tell you about some of the things that you can do and you can try and guess some of the things but the problem is whenever you get it wrong you feel a bit defeated you're like oh does it not support this did i get it wrong having an actual list like this of of all the different things you can do with it that's really handy like even down to really silly things like you can say ask what's my quidditch position and it'll actually tell you where you <laughs> where you fit in a quidditch team which i think if there ever was some kind of quidditch championship that, that would be really handy information to know yeah, I, I mean, it's it's uh, there. There was a study uh, recently. I think one of the, I, I forget who it was, but uh, I was on a podcast with Rene Ritchie, uh, and he was talking about how um, one of these industry analysts, uh, Ben Bajaran, I think. Uh, his group was did a did a survey of how do people use smart assistants, and overwhelmingly, like the top two top two or three things are uh, like set a kitchen timer, ask what the weather is, and I think some of them people were understanding that you could actually have it play music but then after that the the, the drop off was really really big uh, and it's not necessarily because the people don't want to use these things it's because that's pretty much we're, as children we only learn how to communicate by communicating with other people who communicate and we're all children we don't know <laughs> we were, we're we're speaking to we have a parent here who's non-responsive and will not teach us how to talk to it <laughs> we can just we can just cry and then see if it does something to shut us up yeah, and the thing I really like about this as well is because as a developer or as a giant company with some developers, um, when you develop one of these things and you hook it into Google's back end, um, there's nothing for a user to install. So for those that have used the Amazon platform and, and want it to get want it to do a whole bunch of stuff, you generally have to go to the Amazon app, you have to go to the skills section, you've got to add a whole bunch of skills um, that you want to use. This one you can say things like, you know, talk to Twitter trends and suddenly you're talking to an app called Twitter trends, which is hopefully from Twitter. I hope I haven't promoted some like weird third party thing. But the thing is, then you get to, you get to talk to that thing. You know, you, once you finish, you can talk to something else. Like it's, it's all just built in there, like ready to go. Hmm. Have they figured out how developers like make money from these skills or is it always just trying to get you to use a service that will make your, your, your developing team money? Yeah, this is this is the interesting part because um, by default, if it doesn't require an account, you can just talk to these things. If they're deployed to the store, they're just deployed to the store for free. That's kind of the understanding. I, I guess the current way developers are doing it is um, if your app is like potentially like Pocket Cast and it requires some kind of account to to get to, you know, what what are Andy's podcasts, what episodes have you listened to recently, then potentially you could try and build in some monetization in that bit because it, it does let you do a thing where you can link your Google account to your Pocket Cast account or your Spotify account or what, whatever you want to link it to. And I guess it would be up to you as a developer at that point to actually 
try and put some monetization in. But like all these other platforms, there's there's nothing really built in where you can just say, no, you can't you can't use my thing unless you pay three dollars. Like if you you can buy the app, and then it's another three dollars to use this bit. Like you'd have to implement um, all of that yourself. Hmm. Now, could, could you uh, are you barred from having? Uh, don't want to call it advertising, but like, a, first of all, d- does Pocket Cast have uh, a Google Assistant actions? No. So this is the interesting part. We support some actions on Google Assistant locally on the phone. So you can say, skip ahead 30 seconds. You can say, play this particular thing in Pocket Cast. And if you've got the right version of Assistant, that will work. But they actually don't have a public streaming API. And this surprises people a lot. And what that means mm. is, as, as an audio app, we can't ask it to play audio. It just does not have those APIs. It can pay, play really short snippets of audio, but that's designed for recipes and it's sort of reading you back things. Like those can't be any longer than five minutes. So that there literally is no way to, to properly play a podcast on it just by asking. We've been bugging Google about that for oh, I think since last like Google O. It's, it's been a process. Apparently something's in the works, but I don't know. I haven't, haven't heard much back. So that's, that's really annoying for me as an app developer and that must frustrate other sort of music slash podcasting apps as well. So unless you're Spotify and you can cut your own deal with Google, like there's, there's no way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds crazy because one of the things I would love for these assistants to do is uh, because it's plugged into the podcast uh, online directories of a couple of different online directories, uh, you can say, please play the la- the latest episode of Material Podcast. But I would love it because Pocket Cast is my default player on all my platforms. I would love it. And it does. I do pay for the, the syncing service. It would love I would love it to say play. But the last unheard uh, when I say play the la- my last unheard episode of whatever. And it knows it go- that's handled by Pocket Cast because it knows the ones I'm, sus- I'm subscribed to knows where I left off after I took my walk or even just wake up in the morning. And I've decided I'm going to spend exactly one hour and seven minutes in bed doing nothing, getting used to the fact that I'm no longer asleep. And just say, you know, tell Pocket Cast to just play my play my latest podcast without having to spec without having to guess what's been updated. I, I can't believe it doesn't it can't open a stream on its own. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand the the hesitation there either because presumably building there's already a media player in the thing like it's potentially built on ExoPlayer or one of the other sort of players that Google uses. Like it it already can stream audio like obviously that that part of it works like i know building an api isn't easy and exposing it to developers and giving them all the different things they need i'm not saying that's trivial but it doesn't seem like a a hurdle that they can't overcome like fairly quickly so if anyone is on the the google home team and knows anything about that then you know feel free to to shoot us a message and let us know what's going on because this surprises me like we can't be the only app that's that's looking for this sort of thing and that would actually make users lives better yeah, absolutely. It's it's something you kind of expect it to be able to do. So I hope that's in the works. And it's uh, we were talking about this on uh, uh, on the Mac Break Weekly podcast about how, or maybe I was talking about it more than ever anybody else. But how you do develop a relationship with a particular assistant. That uh, I do have Alexa device. I do have Amazon devices. I do have Google devices. And uh, by now that I've moved and I've the first time, instead of just simply placing them in the old house, they were sort of placed wherever was the best place to place them when they arrived and I impacted them. So I had like a mixture of these devices. But now it's like I'm starting off with like an empty, an empty building, an empty house. And I just put now I can just simply deploy things. And as I, I had one Amazon Echo set up, but now the entire setup is the, the assistant. And it's not because the assistant is necessarily the best at everything or better than everything than the, the Amazon devices. I just like interacting with it more. And it just continues to pay off. I was uh, during uh, taking that walk uh, in Boston today. I was trying to figure I, I, I was trying to figure out uh, uh whether it was smart for me to try to walk all the way to the train station because uh, I was in uh, Brighton, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston. And it's like kind of like it has like a high elevation, which means that and the the street that I would walk, it takes me is like straight to the train station, which I know is the base of the tallest building in Boston. So I can see down the street. <laughs> here's the building of, oh jesus just at the bottom i can see the street i can see that building from here but i wanted to find out now exactly how long is that so i without thinking i took out my phone and said you know hey guillermo uh how far how far is it from here to uh, back bay station and it said it's six uh, by public transportation it's 6.2 miles uh, here's the route you take and again without even thinking i didn't i didn't use the trigger word i just said what if i walk 
and said, by walking, here's the route, it would be 4.1 miles. And it wasn't until after they gave me that answer that I realized that, wow, not only is it smart enough to understand that the context of this conversation is still on, I want to get to Back Bay Station, but also... I don't think I'd ever actually done that before, but I just instinctively knew that if that if I simply said, well, what if I do it this way, it would probably work. That's and that's why I'm switching over I'm switching over 100% to the Google Assistant throughout the house because I like interacting with it that way. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done exactly the same thing. I said on last week's show like I, like you I moved houses and I had I think three Google Homes and one Amazon Echo like ready to deploy. And I'm looking at the layout of the new house and I'm thinking like, well, this is this is a chance to start new. Like I don't have to do the things I've done before. Like what am I going to do differently? So initially I just put one Google Home out. I'm like, let's just try having one in a central area and see how that goes. And like you, I prefer it to the Amazon Echo. The, the one sort of caveat I have is it doesn't quite seem to hear you as well as the Echo does in terms of the initial trigger word. I still find with Google, occasionally I'll say the word and the lights will not light up and I have to say it again and then it does. I, I don't think I've ever had that with my Echo. It seems to be like almost 100%. But that aside, it's it's just a nicer experience. Like you can ask it more things. It can do slightly more things. It seems a little bit more conversational. And I think like you once... Once I got used to that and I knew some of the, the extra things I could do, I'm like, this is this is good enough. I don't need anything else. And I should say uh, one listener last week did actually freak out. They're like, oh, no, Russell's put his Echo in the drawer. That means there'll <laughs> never be a, an Alexa school for um, for the Amazon Echo. That's that's not the case. We've been working on a lot of the, the back-end sort of services required for all of these assistants for a while now because roughly sort of six months ago we looked at the ecosystem. We said, right, if we want to be on all these smart home speakers – Here's the set of backend services we'll have to build out. And it's it's not an insignificant thing. Like building the skill is is easy. Like I, I could do that in four hours and, and we're done. Like the skill is finished. Like both Amazon and Google have done a really good job of that. But the all the services required to get exactly what you want, Landy. Like let's say you were halfway through playing something, you're just like, hey, keep playing what I was playing before. And in order to know that, it needs to know like who you are. So it has to have your account linked. It has to know what you were last playing. There's a whole bunch of things that sort of need to go there. And that server needs to sit there. 24-7, you know, ready to respond to to these speakers. So that's something that we've been building out. Don't freak out if you've got an Amazon uh, Echo and you're like, oh, no, Russell, Russell hates my, my platform. <laughs> There'll never be a thing. That, that's not how it works. Yes, there is. I sometimes go through that myself that I have to you have to explain that there are decisions that I make for my personal life. And then there are responsibilities I have in my professional life. So the fact that I yeah. switch from the iPhone to Android phone doesn't mean I will no longer talk about the iPhone. It doesn't mean <laughs> that I will no longer know how an iPhone works. I just have made this one personal choice. Um, but it's uh, there. There, there might be. Uh, there, there might be another like uh, assistant device in my future. Uh, they did Google did have a big hardware announcement at CES, uh, teaming up, of course, with uh, partners Sony, Lenovo, JBL, and LG. Uh, introduced a whole new platform of Google Assistant powered devices. They're calling them smart displays, uh, which uh, you might also call. Uh, screw you, Amazon Echo Show. <laughs> here's here, here's why we didn't want you be, uh, playing YouTube videos on your smart assistant device with a screen because we were planning to come up with our own smart assistant device with a screen. Uh, but they're they're really quite nice. They have uh, the Lenovo is the first one that will be coming out with them later this year. Uh, and one has an eight inch display, the other has a ten inch display, which indicates it can certainly do a lot more than just show you when it tells you what the weather is, show you an icon an emoji about with a cloud with a with a smart with a frowny face on it you can really do things like I, I, I immediately imagine having it on my desk and doing what i'm often doing which is i have a second screen that's just playing youtube videos uh, or asking for traffic directions and it will take you to google maps and walk you through how you're going to be able to get from from a to b uh and uh so many tiny little touches uh, that, I, that i really appreciate on the lenovo, lenovo device this sounds like the dumbest thing in the world, but I think this is such a great feature for anything that has a webcam on it. A physical mechanical shutter that covers the lens if you do not want it to be able to see anything. Because you can, you know, there's, there's a button on the back of this Google Home you know, with a microphone with a slash through it, and then it will say, okay, by the way, the microphone is off. So I'm saying, now, if you were lying to me, how would I know about that? <laughs> Which is which is which is why, like even on this MacBook uh, Pro in front of me, I actually have a piece of little square of black gaffer's tape 
covering up the camera so that when I want to use it, I remove the tape and I know otherwise it can't see anything through it. Given that this is something that will naturally like be a, be in the bedroom, be in private places, of course you want to be able to just you know, not have to like keep dropping my hat on top of it every time I change my underwear. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I know, I know it's, this might sound silly to people, but there are a whole bunch of people, especially in our industry, who do things like cover up webcams that might be in sensitive places. And it's it's not without cause. Like there has been incidents in the past where there's some kind of security flaw in the operating system that they run or even sometimes lower level, you know, than that maybe in the firmware or USB or something like that. And if someone gets access to your camera, then you might not know that they're, they're using it. So I agree. Like it's almost like on this device, I don't think I'd ever use it for video conferencing anyway. So I'd be quite happy to, to flick that over and just leave it flicked over and use use the screen yeah. side of it. I mean, the, the thing I'm interested in, Andy, like to get your feedback on as well is there's there's a bunch of different form factors. Like the, the JBL one is kind of round looking with speakers on each side. Um, the the ones from Lenovo kind of look like a screen with a speaker next to it. Um, there are some from LG which look a bit more like, I don't want to call it a boombox, but what boomboxes used to look like when all the, the tape bits were kind of in the middle. <laughs> and this is apparently all built on Android things. So this is the new sort of embedded um, version of Android that Google has been working on uh, for a while now. And obviously it's it's launching like for real like in these products. How do you feel about, I mean, we've talked about this before with the, the Echo Show, but how do you feel about having a screen on your assistant, like I noticed on the the Verge site, you know, the, they were running through a bunch of queries, and he was asking about recipes. And instead of just reading a whole bunch of recipes to him, it showed him pictures of recipes, and he could tap on them and and drill into them. Like, do you think this has a place, like in your life? Definitely, uh, because obviously, it's not going to completely. Re- it's not as though. Google Assistant is moving towards a place where they're all going to have screens and you they're useless unless you're looking at a screen. What we love about assistants is that you can be washing your hands and or just getting dressed and then ask questions about the weather and ask questions about this or that. But uh, so long as I, I can really imagine this being wonderful if it's combined with some of that context aware conversation that we were talking about a minute ago. Like uh, I, I want to say uh, I'm looking for a, a, a help me shop for a new pair of boots and then it will just simply show me six different styles of boots and say well no uh, uh, more like the one in the upper left hand corner and they're like kind of hunting boots like are there kinds like that only they're not as tall then they show me some show me, oh, how about a pair with better with thicker treads on them then then they show me two are, are, are both of those waterproof that's what I'm talking about because so much of searching is so easy if you can describe and say, yes, more like this, less like that. Because uh, I don't there. Uh, I'm, I'm using that example because there was a kind of uh, kind of boot that uh, I'm only halfway embarrassed to admit. Uh, I saw like uh, Lieutenant Columbo in the Columbo series wearing. And I thought those are those are really nice boots. They're like not. They're like not tall boots, but they're not, they're a little somewhere, but they're just enough. They cover up the ankle just a little bit and they only have like two eye holes. They look like good casual boots. And of course it's Columbo's boots. So they're beat up and they're really broken in. But I don't, I, again, I did not, I was not raised in fashion. I, 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 <laughs> I only go into shoe shops to either buy shoelaces or ask where the bathroom is. Uh, and so I did not know that what I was describing was were chucka boots. Until I just had to do searches, 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 and then finally found some describe the boots that I was looking for as chucka boots. Now I have the keyword I need to do the search for the boots that I'm looking for. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they can do about it. Uh, and also, like I said, I, I'm excited to see what can happen if uh, I just have this standalone device on my desk that is sort of devoted to entertainment. Right now, I have just a second HDMI screen plugged into my MacBook, uh, or I've got a sub window like in the on the uh, little uh, monitor that's on an arm. But I do use YouTube enough, and I do use Google Music enough that that's an interesting notion to me to have a separate device. Uh, I know that some of them are going to have really good speakers, some of them are not going to have good speakers. That's why they partner with so many different people. But uh, I'm very very intrigued by this, and I can't I can't wait to get my hands on one for for review. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I hope these actually launch internationally as well. Like a lot of these companies have experience um, building things for outside the US. So I'm secretly hoping that they actually do ship out outside the US and people like me can get to try them. It's funny, I was just, <laughs> this is really distracting, but I was flicking through the photos of the, the Lenovo one, I think. I don't know if you've seen the back of it. It, it, it almost yeah, looks like there's a, there's a problem with the picture. Like you're like, did someone take that picture wrong? It looks like 
about two thirds of the way down, someone's actually you know bent it in half or something. It's it's quite quite striking. It, it looks like what happens when someone has been using a 3D app long enough that now they don't have to make <laughs> things out of squares and rectangles. Now they know, oh, I, you mean that I can actually like form something out of like rectangular tube and then bend the tube and pinch it in places? Wow. So I'm gonna use, now I'm going to 3D print everything that way. It's, it's, it's nice. So it, it is nice that the back looks as kind of as cool as the front, I would say. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it looks bad. Like it's just, it's a really interesting like <laughs> but yeah. design choice. Especially because most of the pictures I was seeing earlier on were just like head on that made me think that, okay, it's like a rounded rectangle. It looks like it's a couple inches thick. So I bet that's just like on a little like molded in stand. But I guess I can imagine uh, I, I'm looking forward to also the first teardown to see what kind of CPUs, what kind of GPUs, what kind of radios are in this uh, to make it all work. Uh, because it's it's really surprising when you take apart one of these uh, Google Home devices, it looks like an air freshener, but my goodness, they they really had to work hard to make sure that the microphone works. Microphones work in every direction, and the speakers are at least uh, that you wish it were ten times better than what you'd expect from a package this size, instead of only two or three times better. But you know that even that was a miracle. So I'm I'm, I'm curious to see like that's where you're gonna when they do these teardowns, that's when you're gonna figure out exactly how badly the engineers were suffering to make this all work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And obviously Google has some kind of reference platform that they've handed out to these manufacturers, I suspect. So I'm guessing in a lot of these teardowns, there's going to be all the same components. Like whatever CPU is in one is probably going to end up in all of them. Like whatever uh, microphone array is, is in one is probably in all of them, maybe positioned slightly differently. So I'm really looking forward to people kind of ripping these apart. And also because I've been kind of following Android things ever since Google announced it. And the base hardware requirements for running that are really small. Like I know there's a screen to drive and there's pixels and there's microphones but it doesn't take a lot of grunt to to run android things so it'd be interesting to see like just how like you know lean these things run yeah i got the impression at the time i think that uh, you could even do this on, uh, run this on an embedded controller you don't even necessarily need uh like need something that could run an operating system or even a, a slim down kernel yeah, yeah. So you don't you don't need like a full on ARM CPU with like you know one point two gigahertz and a, and a ton of RAM. Like Android things will run on things that are smaller. In fact, I think somewhere in that cupboard we ordered something from the US a few months back. That's like a little Android things kit. It's kind of like the Raspberry Pi things you you buy, where it's like a little developer board and you can plug stuff in and you can program it and you can play with it. I'm embarrassed to say that we haven't had any time to pull it out of the cupboard. But when <laughs> I when I do, I'm really looking forward to yeah trying that out. So we can we can see our own Pocket Cast enabled hat. <laughs> running on android things <laughs> Ooh, i like it yeah i mean it's small enough to fit into a hat as long as you don't mind the, the weight of the batteries and things like attached to it oh pishaw <laughs> <laughs> so another question i had is that we, we talk about this all the time is the whole echo versus like google assistant thing i don't know about you but it feels like at this ces at least and maybe it's just because it's more novel and amazon's already done it but i've seen way more coverage about the google assistant than i have um versus the other one that starts with a which i won't name <laughs> yeah that's that's for sure i think uh, my, part of it might even just be because uh, again google it, the google really felt badly <laughs> about what happened at ces last year obviously because i'm not there obviously but i'm i'm spending the week basically attached to multiple screens like looking at as much keynotes many keynotes as much coverage as i can and they bought out bus ads they put up they bought out like every billboard it's like there is no strip club that strip club attendance must be down 10 percent because all the taxis are now advertising google instead of google assistant instead of the strip clubs uh they, they put up these huge like oled uh oled billboards like like in times square just to make sure that every single analyst and every single reporter at least subconsciously is thinking google assistant if only to if only to be like me and fall into the trap of saying my goodness google is very very serious about promoting the google assistant this year aren't they <laughs> yes maybe it's like one of those uh, self-fulfilling loops like they've they've done the marketing now we're we're kind of doing free marketing for them what are we doing Damn it! That's you win, okay. Google. That, that's okay. So uh, Google, like you can pay, you can pay me back. This is a barter agreement. This has always been a barter agreement. Just let me be able to listen to Ziggy Stardust on my Google Home, <laughs> and we'll be square. 
<laughs> oh, look, Andy, I know exactly how you feel because I had a pet topic um, for three, four months. It's that the address of the place I moved to was not in Google Maps. The entire street was not in Google Maps. And I filed so many reports from like I have like three <laughs> different accounts. I filed them from every single one of the accounts. I kept filing reports. And eventually one day my street, they didn't send me any emails or anything, one day my street just appeared and I know this sounds really petty and, and small, but I was the happiest person alive for that, that one day because I'm like, my street is in Google Maps. Yes. Yeah. Where's somebody? Like Navin Johnson. Where's I'm somebody? <laughs> I, I, I know we have to go to our next ad, but I'll, I, can't, I can't let this go without mentioning uh, when I first moved down to this area, uh, the best <laughs> they had just compl- – the, 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 this part of the state had just finished this really ambitious and much needed like new expansion to the highway so that instead of having to like basically instead of having to drive like five miles past my house and do this 10 mile loop off the highway to get here there was now a new like off ramp and a new like road that would take you there uh, but it took uh, th- that was like 10 years ago and uh, google maps was not being updated as quickly and uh, my usual habit was to like drive because it was more fun was to drive like with the uh, the the, uh, the roads overlaid the view we the roads are roads are overlaid over the satellite imagery oh uh, yeah and it was and it was super super fun where i would take like my that brand new exit off of i-95 and for 10 minutes it looked like i was just plowing through fields and forests <laughs> and through people's backyards <laughs> yes i've done that as well they're doing a massive amount of road work sort of um down south from me and they've done that thing where they where the previous road used to be that's where they're doing all the road work so they've built like a temporary road that goes around that road and so it always looks like like google maps has the original road in and then you get to that bit and it just looks like you've drifted off into the grass and you're just like I'm, I'd, forget about the road there's too much traffic i'm driving on the grass over here Exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I, I did learn to drive in the Boston area. So that's not, that's, that, that's, that sometimes you're just spent, you've just spent way too much of your afternoon following one way roads that end in a sign that says left turn only. And that, that was one time near Boston University where I was literally on, in this loop for 20 minutes I couldn't escape from. And I could see the place where like my appointment or my meeting was. And I got so angry I just will, willfully drove over like the elevated median, <laughs> like a big curb place. I, I think it was actually like, had mulch. I didn't actually drive over trees, but I think there was mulch there. My And like boom, boom, and then boom, boom to get back, to get back down. And my, my thinking at the time, uh, addled as it was by anger, and frustration was that look if there, if a cop sees me he can give me a ticket i'll have to you know he can give me like a hundred dollar ticket what he can't do is force me to back up over the median again and not be here <laughs> on this road that goes straight in front of finally where i've been trying to get to <laughs> oh i've definitely felt like that while driving i i uh, i endorse this andy i'm not saying you should break the law but in situations like that, it's like, you know what? I can see exactly where I need to go. There's there's a very small obstacle between me and where I need to go. Like, I'm just going to cross this. <laughs> <laughs> so we... Uh, we we have a slightly newer sponsor this week as our second sponsor. We've we've actually had them on before. They did sponsor us last year. But for those that uh, want to know about it, this week's episode is also brought to you by Pingdom. Uh, you can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash realafm. Uh, when you do, you'll get a 14-day free trial when you enter the offer code material. You'll also get 30% off your first invoice, which is that's that's a pretty good deal. So Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for anyone who has a site. And they offer powerful and easy-to-use monitoring tools. The, the basic idea is you have a bunch of servers. They do some things. Uh, you can hook Pingdom up to them and you can say, look, from all these different places in, in the world that Pingdom supports, just, just hit my servers. If anything's wrong, if a particular status page I've set up or just the fact that the web server is online or not, um, if it's wrong, and then you can even configure it. You can say if it's wrong once, you know, in, in one minute and not again, that's fine. But if something's gone wrong for, you know, a full three minutes, then send me all the alerts you want. And I, I kid you not, dear listener, I literally had this go off at one. 30 a.m. this morning. Uh, we we use Pingdom here at Pocket Cast and it went off for one of our servers and and Philip uh, was the lucky person to to respond first. So he actually got up and had to had to fix this. And you might think <laughs> that's terrible, but no, that's amazing. If you can find out about down, downtime before your customers do, that that's a huge deal because <laughs> who's going to see it first? Like a monitoring service or your customers, the monitoring service. So Pingdom definitely does a good job of that. Um, every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. So regardless of whether you have a small website or you're managing a complete infrastructure, it's super important to monitor its availability and performance. And like I said, all Pingdom needs is a URL you want to monitor and they'll take care of the rest. 
Uh, when they detect an outage, you'll be immediately alerted so you can fix the error before the downtime affects you. And you can check it out today. So like I said, pingdom.com slash RelayFM, you'll get a 14-day free trial. If you use the offer code material, you'll also get 30% off your first invoice. So we want to thank Pingdom so much for their support of this show and all of RelayFM. Thank you so very, very much. Uh, before we go, we, we, have to, we have to have a little word with uh, whoever it is who's jacking Google's bikes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wall Street Journal had an article that was ex- explaining that they have the, a lot of their their Google bikes are going walking. These are the uh, bikes that are painted in colorful rainbow Google colors. Uh, about eleven hundred of them on the Mountain View campus that Googlers Google employees are invited. To simply, if there's one, just pick it up, drive to ride to wherever you need to go, leave it there, and then whoever ne- next needs it is going to can, can pick it up. Uh, the article says that of these eleven. 1- Hundred bikes, some hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty are disappearing every single week. Every on week, a, on a weekly basis, hundred to two hundred fifty bikes stolen <laughs> every single week. Uh, and the, the, the it's it's kind of it is kind of quaint of those. I think uh, I'm sorry, just to, to tie that off. Uh, about like thirty or forty, about a third of them that are that disappear are never ever retrieved. Uh, but most of them, it turns out, according to the Wall Street Journal, the community, the Mountain View community, just says, you know, I mean, if if the intention is for people to pick them up and take them places and leave them. We're technically part of Google. We live here. There, it's sort of like those sh- the shopping carts that sometimes, if you've got a lot of shopping and you've got and you only live like a quarter mile from the from the market, you'll just drive. You'll just push the shopping cart home. You know that at some point it will get returned. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the bicycling dot uh, com uh, had a. a uh, added a little bit of their own stuff, but said that the culprits, though, aren't generally oppor- opportunistic bike thieves, thieves looking to resell the bikes or strip them of parts. Instead, they're ordinary. They're often the ordinary people of Mountain View and other Silicon Valley towns who see the bikes as a resource for the community at large, not just a company perk. Quote, it's like a friendly gesture, unquote, one resident who likes to, quote, borrow, unquote, G-bikes to speed up the commute between her house and the train station, told the Wall Street Journal, quote, they don't really want us to use it, to use it but it's okay if you do, unquote, which sounds totally <laughs> like she, she has she has talked to Sundar, Sundar and said, it's okay, right? Then he said, well, you know, Shelly, I can't, you know that I can't officially say it's okay, but I think we all understand. Uh, <laughs> even <laughs> It goes on to say that even Mountain Viewer's own mayor has admitted to once taking a Google bike to the movies. Uh, <laughs> So, but yeah, but a third of these that disappear are never retrieved. Uh, and uh, they added, uh, Google decided, uh, Google has about 30 people who are uh, Google employees who drive around in vans looking for like those abandoned shopping carts, just grab them and get them back on the campus. Oh boy. Uh, how, 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 how about it if you went through that incredibly like tortuous Google like interview process and the internship program and you think that, oh my God, I'm going to build the best, the next version of Android or the next smart device. Oh, do, do you have a van driving license? Great. You're, you're on bike pickup duty. Here, here are a list of ravines. Here are a list of Salvation Armies. Uh, but anyway, so they, so they outfitted, uh, they added GPS trackers and they found that that's been They've been spreading to basically every corner of the continent, popping up in places from New England to Alaska to Mexico. Wow. (laughs) See, I want to paint you a a picture, like a mental picture. If you've never been to the Google campus, um, you know, there in Mountain View, it's basically like it's a whole bunch of buildings all like uh, along a stretch of streets. And these streets go for a long way. So between one building and another building might be like a 30 or 40 minute uh, walk. But in a, at the front of every one of these buildings is a whole bunch of these colorful bikes. So they're painted, like Andy said, like um, in the Google colors. So blue, yellow, green. Did I miss one? They're, they're red. really, yeah, that's right, red. They're really like hyper colored and they're not super fancy bikes. Like these aren't $1,000 sort of racing bikes yeah, or anything. They're, they're just they're, your standard. They're fixies, right? Yeah, standard sort of fixies like bikes. Very, they got a bell and a basket. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, and you're lucky if they have a seat. Sometimes they're, they're missing seats. But <laughs> at the front of every single one of these buildings, there might be 20 or 30 of these bikes just sitting there and they're not locked. There's, there's no helmets or anything. They're just, they're just sitting there. And at, 
having visited the Google campus and, you know, talked to the employees and stuff, I'm like, do you mind if I take one of these? They're like, well, technically you're not meant to, but no one's going to stop you. And that's literally the attitude of sounds like a lot of people that live in the Mountain View area is like, yeah, okay, maybe you're not meant to, but they're there and it's sitting here on the grass and no one's using it. So I'm just going to ride this to the shops. And I've I've seen so many people on these Google bikes that don't have Google badges. Like they're just, there's not a badge inside and no one's going to stop you because it, like it says somewhere in this article, no, no police officer thinks it's their job to pull you over and be like, excuse me, ma'am, are you an employee <laughs> of Google? Can I see your badge? Like that's, that's not their job. <laughs> like they don't care. So yeah, yeah. Th- these things are all over the community, like everywhere. And apparently I've been told by Googlers that the only way to hold on to your bike, like because there's tourists visiting the campus, there's locals or whatever, is apparently you take the seat off. So it's a quick release seat. You take it off and you take the seat with you. And that's meant to be a sign of, you know, don't, don't touch this bike like someone's using it. <laughs> I don't is is that is that going to be like a source of like fighting on the campus like it's it's it's, it's as, as we speak it's it's deep 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 winter we've had our first like huge snowfall which is our first time to in New England to have the usual like news news reports about fist fights and threats and smearing of dog poop on on car door handles as happened downtown because somebody parked in a space that they did not themselves like shovel out. Where there's, a, there's a there's like there's like an every neighborhood like downtown like has a custom where if you shovel out this parking space then you you have right of you have right of first refusal of the space. Wait, you, wait, you, I, have you, to, you, I have to press pause here. Being from Australia and being from Adelaide, which has literally zero snow, so there's no snow to be found anywhere in the state, as far as I'm aware. What do you mean you park? You have to park in front of a parking space and then you go and shovel the parking space. It's uh, so. Um, Usually, what happens is that when there's a sm- when there's a snow emergency, that you're you're not allowed to like park in the street because the plows have to get through, yeah. and which means that to the left and to the all the parking spaces are now covered up with like boulders of snow as high as your waist because ah, that's yeah, that's yeah, all the yeah. snow, and so it's a lot of work to clear out one of these parking spaces, and so there's the custom for generations is that like you take like a, a lawn chair from your house or like an inflatable snowman or anything that basically you put in this space when you pull out when you after you've parked and you've gone to work in the day basically says that look this is my space i dug it out i broke my back and every and everything in front of my back to dig this out for three hours you're not entitled to just like swoop in because you decided to spend the entire day having cocoa and marshmallows instead of digging out the space and even though this it's not a law it's not anything like that it's but nonetheless it's a custom and you will get beaten up or there, there there are people who will not take kindly to that they will not simply shake their fist impotently at you from behind their 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 closed window again they will smear dog poop all over your car they will <laughs> do stuff like that. so maybe is there something like that going on say hey man I took off that seat for a reason. That means that that's my bike. I, 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 I spent my lunch hour making sure the brakes were tuned perfectly. I re-oiled the chain. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, because technically you could ride one of these things uh, with, without a seat or if you've just hoarded a whole bunch of these seats under your desk. So if you're, if you're a clever Google employee, and there probably is a lot of those, let's be fair, you know, you might have five seats under your desk. You're just like, I'll oh, just grab this seat and I'll, I'll steal John's bike and John will never know. Maybe that makes you like part of like a special like subculture of like, so I took the seat off the bike, which doesn't necessarily mean that I will get that same bike left, but it means that when I go back, I need another bike, I will take another bike that is missing a seat. Oh, so it's like the, the seat just means you have a bike. That's your reservation. It doesn't matter which bike. It's just you have a bike. Or maybe I, again, sort of like the seat reserve, the, the, again, the, the snow shovel like reservation thing. It's, uh, People who have like want to put some sweat equity into the bike where they notice that, oh, the chain's rattling. I'm, I'm sure they have their own maintenance, but they're people who think they can do better than the professional bike <laughs> me- mechanics that <laughs> Google has hired at great expense with stock options. But like that, that means that you get to ride a bike that someone else has taken like perverted, really, really obsessive interest in making sure it works perfectly. Or I, 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 I don't know how that would work. But uh, if you, I, uh, I will say that though that if you do want to have one of these bikes with a clear conscience, uh, they are all manufactured by a company called Republic Bike. You can go to republicbike.com, and they very proudly talk about how Google came to them wanting to have a, a fleet of custom bikes designed for them. Uh, you cannot buy the Google bike specifically, uh, but it looks like it's a slightly modified and accessorized version of their Aristotle Dutch Step Through. 
available in standard frame size for riders from five foot six upwards to about six feet. Uh, big fat tires, got fenders. You can get them in a, a really wide range of colors. Uh, 399 bucks, which is not a lot of money. My bike costs about 50 or 60 bucks more than that. It's not a fixed, again, there are no gears. You do get brakes and a bell and a seat. <laughs> but you know, but it's not like a, a 10 speed bike. But that's not, it seems like a very, very well made bike. Uh, it does it also, also has the advantage of not looking like an expensive bike. I'm, I'm, I'm currently test riding a, I think a $5,000 pedal electric bike that wow. I am, te- I'm terrified about locking up even at the distant commuter rail station, uh, that, uh, that I board my train from, uh, this looks like something that you could spend 400 bucks for. Not only is it not a life changing amount of money, if it gets stolen, it doesn't look like something that anybody would be eager to sell. Uh, to, to steal without being an old beat up 15 year old bike that's going to fall apart so yeah, definitely. Look, look at that yeah i'm, it, I'm it looking looks- at the site this now it is and these bikes are really robust like i'd recommend them that like andy says they don't look like much no no one's going to steal it no one's going to envy it as if you drive down the, the street and you know, put a put a stick in your spokes and steal it off you like it's it's not much to look at but they're really solidly built i have a feeling that's that's one of the reasons they chose them. yeah i don't i i, I have never up to this point known how if someone was described to a bike to me as saying it looks like something that would be called the dutch model <laughs> but now looking at the spike it does look like something that would be favored by the dutch they do love their bike riding they do indeed well i think that's going to be about it for for this week uh we seem to have limped along okay without flow we do not want to have to do that a second week because <laughs> flow is a very very important part of this operation we miss her dearly and we hope she is healthy <laughs> enough to be on the show next week uh until then uh russell what, what, what would you like to plug promote if people have not gotten enough of that russell magic where do they go uh you can go to pocketcast.com if you want to find out the the service that i work for um, and the things that I do, or you can go to twitter.com slash rusty shelf. If you, if you prefer not to know the stuff I work from, you just want to see me complaining about things. That's, that's where you can go to get that to amazing content. <laughs> and as usual, go to relay.fm slash material to send us any emails, any, any comments, any suggestions. It's also a place where in addition to, uh, supporting us by using our lovely sponsors, uh, this week, Squarespace and Pingdom, uh, if you actually want to just use the put some money in a box and mail it to us, uh, method, we don't, we can't do that because we won't give you our home addresses, but you can become members and which, which is a more direct way of putting money into our coffers that we usually will spend on fun things like additional Google home assistance and more things that we can talk about on the show. Uh, as for me, if you can spell my last name, I H N as in Nancy, A T as in Tom K O, you can sit, you can visit me on Twitter, visit me on Instagram and go to anotgo.com uh, for my blog. As for the tech stuff that I write about for, uh, for money, uh, go to the Chicago Sun-Times website website at suntimes.com that's it for this week everybody thank you so much for listening this week hope to see you again next week until then have a wonderful seven days hi i'm flo from next week and this is what i'm gonna <laughs> sound like after i get back from ces <laughs> Are you guys, you guys there? Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>